Hello, and welcome to This Emotion You Call Love, the podcast where you help me by sharing your experiences with dating and relationships, and I help you by showing that no matter how romantically inept you think you might be, it could always be worse. The question I posed to my social media friends this week was, what are your best and worst experiences with online dating? So I'm going to be reading uh, some of the responses I got, and in between I'm also going to read an article from GQ on the subject of online dating. After, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know I read an article from Cosmo, and uh, it ate up some time. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. Um, first of all, I'll read some of the kind of more generic responses to this question. Uh, first says, I've never had any success with online dating, so can online dating as dating be the worst? Haha. <laughs> I don't quite understand that sentence. I find Tinder the worst as it seems to be more of a vanity project where people upload their best pictures of themselves to see how many swipes they get for self-gratification, but have no intention of actually striking up a conversation, which makes it hard to actually find someone to talk to. Um, that I can relate to that, I suppose, or at least I hope that's why I haven't been <laughs> getting any uh, success actually post-match on Tinder. Um, I, I do admit when I signed up to the to these dating apps, it was part of the reason was to be kind of a self-esteem booster, um, even if it didn't result in actually finding a relationship. Uh, it didn't quite work out as I had hoped it would in that regard. Um, next person says, all of my online dating attempts have ended in being fairly good friends, and I'd say that's positive. One is now one of my closest friends, and he has helped me learn a lot. He has helped me a lot in learning Italian, and I might be getting an internship through another one. That sounds great. A job and a friend. I find it... I was speaking to someone before about how they initially went on Tinder about um, just to make friends. Uh, eventually they did find a relationship on it. But that seems crazy to me. Because it's based entirely, or at least initially, based entirely on appearance, isn't it? When you, you swipe through someone's pictures, any information in the bio is, is just flavor added onto that. I don't know how you could find a friend based on that. Uh, <laughs> do you usually judge your friends by appearance? I guess we all kind of do in a way. Not to do, not anything like race related, but uh, you can kind of tell what someone's like through their appearance a lot of the time, I find. Anyway, moving on from that uh, problematic remark. Next person says, Honestly, online dating is really difficult, especially if you haven't experienced anything before. At least that was how I found it, though others might prefer just getting through the scarier parts with someone they don't know all that well. I personally found that I always wanted to be in a relationship with someone who I knew quite well. I wanted to be with a best friend, so when online dating, I'd either be too boring for the other person, or we'd both end up just being friends and going no further, though I know others have really succeeded. Yeah, I can... I think I like the fact that you can get through all the small talky stuff online without actually seeing someone. Um, it's kind of... That's the most awkward part of a, of an interaction with anyone is, is, is the initial getting to know them. So being able to do that without having to make eye contact seems like a plus to me. Here's a more in-depth response from someone. Uh, my best experience is how I met my current girlfriend. We were able to get to know each other a little before meeting, see if we shared mutual interests, as finding those things out online are a safe way to make sure you have a chance of getting along. 
My worst experiences was, was my ex. It started out great at first, lots of DMs back and forth. Then when I finally wanted to have some face-to-face -face chat, we would keep arranging it but never doing it. Eventually, he just stopped speaking to me entirely, and that was the end of us. But I guess that was the joy of an internet boyfriend, which I'm sure people will laugh at, but at the time, I valued the companionship we had as I had little other people to confine in. I wouldn't laugh at that. I, I definitely felt like that in before, just the idea of having any... Uh, positive reinforcement from anyone, whether you know them or not, is 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 a nice thing sometimes. Um, yeah, see if you shared mutual interests is definitely something that seems like it would be good about online dating and and dating apps and things like that. But I find a lot of the time people's profiles are very similar to each other. Um, bear in mind, I've only seen uh, women's profiles. And I'm sure male ones are just as bad, if not far, far worse. But on Tinder, you see the, you see the same kind of things popping up each time. Liking, I get it, you like animals. Most people do. Uh, you don't have to, to say that. Um, you also don't have to say that you like going out to clubs and having quiet nights in. Basically, you're just saying that you are a person who is able to enjoy more than one thing. Which, again, most people can do. Next person says, I went on a Tinder date with a guy in Tel Aviv who told me he wasn't in the army because he'd failed his psych exam. Face palm emoji. Noped out of that one real quick. Also had my roommates casually stalk me on it. Uh, crying, laughing emoji. Uh, or maybe it's terrified and crying, which would make more sense. That's, um, I don't know anything about the armed forces or how they vet people. I also don't know where Tel Aviv is. I guess I don't really know a lot about anything when you think about it. I think a lot of, lots of people assume, based on the way I talk and act, uh, that I know a lot of things about maths and science and geography, uh, but I really don't. I'm just an idiot with a received pronunciation accent. More of your guys' responses later, but first I'm going to look at another article on the topic. Uh, this is from GQ, and it's called Tinder founder Sean Rad's Top Tips for the Perfect Profile. Put on a shirt, put away the selfie stick, and grab a cute animal. The former boss of Tinder, Sean Rad, offers GQ readers exclusive advice on how to turn a left swipe into a right. I want to know uh, why they couldn't get the current boss of Tinder, why they had to go for the former one. Not a great sign. Um, yeah, so let's get into this. Every uh, tip here has a quote from um, Rad at the top. Uh, and since his name is Sean Rad, I'm going to read it in the raddest way I know possible. So the first tip is smile. And the quote from Rad is, it's pretty well known that smiling in photos helps you to be perceived as more friendly. Cowabunga! It may sound like an obvious one, but Rad is right about it. You want your profile to be appealing, and a pleasant facial expression is the best way to achieve that. Candid photos may be on your mind first and foremost, and it's fine to add the one in there, but a welcoming profile kicks off with a smile. Your potential interest is more likely to swipe right if you do, but only if it's a genuine one. Uh, that's a bit difficult for me. I cannot smile in photos at all. Uh, when I try to force one, it just comes off looking like a grimace. So usually I try to look 
kind of neutral or surprised or something. Keep your shirts on is the next tip. I've talked to a lot of people about Tinder etiquette, and the general consensus is that shirtless gym selfies are a huge no. You're on Tinder to meet new people. The last thing you want those people to think is that you're too self-absorbed or narcissistic to hold a real conversation. Back to the smiling point. You want people to get an impression through a welcoming image and shirtless photos are not the way to do that. It may seem like the right way to impress someone, but trust us. Best to always leave more to the imagination. Uh, this is definitely not a problem for me. I try to avoid taking my shirt off, if at all possible, even when I'm at home alone. Um, I think to, to get me to take my shirt off in front of a partner, uh, we would have to be, we would have, we would have probably had sex a number of times. Be genuine. Be yourself. Your pictures should give others a sense of your personality, hobbies, and interests. If you like to go rock climbing or hiking, show it. If you're kind of a goofball, show it. <laughs> I added the laugh at the end there. Having this kind of visual is also key to a solid conversation starter. What's your match going to ask you about if every ounce of your profile looks the same? First of all, it's less likely that they'll actually be interested, but should a conversation triumphantly start, what are they going to say? How's your day? Boring. Use your photos to provoke some questions and let the conversation flow from there. So I get the best uh, option would be, I guess, is to have some sort of mystery box in your picture um, so that they have to ask you what's in it if they want to find out. Next tip. Group photos are good in moderation. Group photos are great because they show that you're social and have a solid group of friends. At the same time, you don't want all photos to be in groups because they may have a hard time finding you. This isn't Where's Wally. Uh, Where's Wally for my American listeners is uh, what we call Where's Waldo in Britain. I don't know why the name was changed. Waldo is much better. Um, Rad also says, Photos with sunglasses on fall under this category too. Which I don't quite understand because sunglasses don't make you hard to find. Um, the bit under that says, Okay, so you've got nine photo options for Tinder. Honestly, we wouldn't advise uploading more than five. Group photos should occupy either two or three of these spaces. And as for the group number, try not to feature a pic with more than four people. Like Rad says, it's very funny to just refer to him as Rad. It needs to be clear who you are. It's also good to look social, but heavy bender images aren't going to sell the greatest side of yourself. So keep the group photos sociable, but in moderation. It's good advice. Uh, next tip, milk your Instagram. There's also a bit of a workaround on the photo limit. Link your Instagram account to your Tinder profile. It's a great way to give your potential matches a deeper look into your personality, interests, and filtering skills. <laughs> I like the idea that uh, the potential match would be really um, impressed by your filtering skills. What's good about adding your Instagram in is that people can see your pictures of your other interests that might not contain you. It would be weird to add an image of an art exhibition to your actual profile because, hello, you're not in it, but an arty image on your Instagram feed... Yes, cultured. Let your genuine interests speak for themselves. Um, I suppose I could put some genuine interests down. Art galleries would uh, not be one of them. In the few instances where I have been in an art gallery in the past uh, with friends or family, my tactic is to f try and figure out how long is the appropriate amount of time to look at a painting before moving on. Because you don't want to seem like you're not uh, understanding it. But of course... 
looking at a painting for more than two seconds is completely unnecessary. So you have to kind of, kind of try and trick people into thinking you're more interested than you are. Hold up on the selfies. No more than one selfie on your profile, if any. Less is more. Trust us. Honestly, Rad's advice here is probably best. Try to avoid uploading a selfie. They carry similar implications to shirtless photos. Narcissism rather than confidence, which is much less of a USP. USP? I don't know what that means. Unnecessary sock prevention? Stick to those natural pics. No pose, no problem. Uh, I don't really take so. I think maybe I've taken two selfies in my life. Uh, one of them was with Scott Ockerman when I went to see Comedy Bang Bang Live. That's a fun uh, reference there for you podcast fans. Um, narcissism rather than confidence. That's bad is what they're saying. Um, I'm an individual who is incredibly narcissistic, but also entirely unconfident, uh, which is an interesting mix. Action shots start conversation. These types of photos are an easy way for a person to learn more about you and start a relevant conversation. Plus, it shows your adventurous side. Photos of landmarks work well, too. You can learn a lot about someone by striking up a conversation about travel. If possible, try to dedicate at least two photos on your profile to action or travel. You're a lot more likely to attract someone if you showcase enthusiasm. We're always prone to like people who embrace life, after all. That's true. Uh, I tend to... Uh, like hanging out with people who have interesting and busy lives because um, it, it lets them fill in the conversation so I uh, don't have to try and think of what I've done in my life, which is very little. The Tinder bio. This is the next section of the article. Uh, always write something. Never skip the bio section. Girls are 99% less likely to swipe right on you if you aren't willing to share some basic info about yourself. It's true. Think about how much more of a catfish you're going to look if you have an empty bio. You've laid the groundwork with those photos. Now it's time to support those pics with a fitting description. I think uh, the chances of someone thinking I'm a catfish are, are very unlikely. I don't think catfishing usually uses uh, pictures of uh, doughy guys with uh, badly kept facial hair. Keep it focused. Keep it short and sweet. Include a hobby or two, a quote from one of your favorite TV characters, what types of people you'd like to meet, or a fun fact. It's not a bad idea to show how strong your emoji game is, either. While an obscure reference may puzzle some, it could also help you find you the perfect match. A quote from one of your favorite TV characters. Uh, I'd have to put down the iconic Walter White quote, I'm going to break bad. Uh, the tip goes on. You've got to keep the bio in keeping with the photos. Use the hobby reference as a caption to one of the images above. Perhaps propose a short and snappy question relating to it, too. This will create curiosity and provoke someone to ask about it upon a match. As for the emoji game, try to pick just one for a code. If someone cracks it, boom, they're your ideal date. I have no idea what they're talking about there. Emoji game? Try to pick just one for a code? I, seriously, I don't know what that means. Uh, be open, not obnoxious. If someone's reaction is to slap you without even having met you yet, based on your bio, you're doing it wrong. If they don't learn anything about you from your bio, you're also doing it wrong. You'd be surprised. A lot more often than not, this is the impression a bio gives off. There's a difference between appearing confident and obnoxious, so be aware of what you're writing. It's the same as meeting someone in a club. 
Would you feel tempted to engage in conversation if they appeared a bit dislikable? Likely not. So keep it informative and natural. I like how they're unsure about whether you would want to uh, engage someone who seemed dislikable. Don't go overboard. Tinder is fun. No one starts swiping looking for a novel. We have a 500 character limit for a reason. And try not to go near that 500 character limit. Actually, maybe keep to half of it. You want to tell someone enough about you that's going to make them interested, but equally not give too much away. Keep it short and sweet, as Rad previously suggested, and let the rest of those characters be filled through conversation. Well, but I wanted to write a novel through Tinder. That'd be a fun project, I guess. Tinder opening lines. This is the next section. Don't be dull. If your first message just says hi, you're far less likely to get a response. It's very true. It seems like an automated message, and you don't want your interest to think you're a piece of wood. I've just realized when they say your interest, they're talking about the the person you're talking to. It's a strange way of putting it. So steer clear of any conventional greetings using a single word. No question mark upon opening, less chance of a response. Engage with them. Say something that shows you took the time to read their bio and look at their profile photos. There is no one-size-fits-all perfect opening message. Everyone is different. This is where having the perfect profile pays off. You have, hopefully, curated an account that's going to encourage interest, and they have, hopefully, done the same. So choose a point of interest on their profile, whether this be the context of a photo or an interesting fact they've shared, and then go from there. Uh, So you could say, uh, the context of that photo is very interesting. Uh, The dead body makes me want to know more about you. Don't overthink it. At the end of the day, it's really simple. Be friendly and respectful. Make them laugh and genuinely take an interest in learning more about them. That's why you swiped right in the first place. It's hard not to, right? We're prone to think, but as Rad says, just keep it natural and don't worry too much about the perfection of each each message you send. As long as it's engaging and kind, there's little reason why the conversation won't move further. There's obviously a a mutual interest there, so now is the time to let Tinder fate take its course. Ah, well, that's uh, all very interesting. um, I'm not using Tinder at the moment, but if I ever go back on it, I'll try and uh, uh, use some of these tips. Put something mysterious in the the profile picture. Um, Ask lots of questions. Who are you? What is your name? Uh, Things like that, preferably in all caps, I would assume. Um, Try to seem confident, even though I'm not. Uh, And don't be dull, even though, again... I am. Um, yeah, that's uh, some good tips there from GQ. Um, now let's uh, get back to some more of your responses to the question. Okay, so here, um, uh, this is quite a, a long response uh, from one of my friends. Uh, we actually got into a little conversation about it afterwards, so I'll, I'll go through everything. Um, but uh, it starts off, uh, sh- this is a, a, uh, a woman, um, which I don't usually bother saying the gender, but it's kind of relevant for, uh, for what we talk about. Uh, she says, okay, so this is a long one, but basically I used to be a regular on one of those annoying chat sites you always see at the bottom of anime pages. I'd recently broken up with a boyfriend as he'd cheated on me and was very susceptible to attention. I became close with a guy from America and we pretty quickly formed a relationship. It felt great, we were really aligned, and I'd stay up literally all night talking to him. And then one day, out of the blue, he ghosted me on everything. 
Turns out, according to friends I later made on the same site, he did this to a lot. He did this a lot to newbie girls on the chat site, where he basically learns about that girl's type and pretended he was exactly what that girl wanted, and he was a very convincing actor. Then he'd ghost them as soon as another girl came along that he found interesting. And I'd definitely fallen in, uh, in love at this point, so this crushed me and gave me lifelong trust issues. In short, would not recommend. I'm sorry that it gave you lifelong trust issues. I mean, you don't necessarily know they'll last your entire life. Um, she gave me another story here. Uh, she says, I used to have a semi-big following on YouTube when I was 17, specifically big Lord of the Rings nerds, and being young and desperate for friends, I saw many of the people watching me as my friends, and talked to some of them on Tumblr a lot. One of the guys I was friends with lived in Scotland, and said he was coming down for the weekend to visit grandparents, and did I want to meet? So I said ye, I assume she means yes, but um, it's funnier to imagine her saying ye. Uh, so I said ye, and we went to watch Les Mis in the cinema. The whole time he kept trying to slyly hold my hand whenever I reached for popcorn, and it was mad awkward. He also gave me a musical CD as a gift. Anyway, it was weird, and then when I got home and I opened the CD, there was a very creepy love letter inside. Also turns out he didn't have grandparents where she lives, and came the whole way from Scotland to hang with me for a few hours. Anyway, he got angry after I explained I only saw him as a friend, and we didn't speak again. Beware stranger danger. Um, I responded to this by saying, uh, that sucks, but I probably could have told you he was interested in being more than friends, based on my knowledge of guys. And she says, yeah, in retrospect, I also should have seen that coming. I think a lot of young girls, especially nerdy ones, never expect guys to see them as anything more than an equal person. Then you grow up and realize the amount of men that see your gender before they see you. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this a bit. Um, the kind of problem a lot of, especially young men and women, but older ones as well, I'm sure, run into where the the girl sees it as a platonic relationship and the guy wants it to be uh, more than that and can't and would rather have no relationship than a non-romantic one. I'm sure it happens the other way around with genders reversed and everything. But the difference being, bear with me here, it's going to... It's going to be sounding a bit weird, and I'm going to be making some huge generalizations, but uh, bear with me. I think it's safe to say that, in general, women find it easier to cope with romantic rejection than men do. Obviously, that's not true for everyone, but I think, as a blanket rule, it, it probably is true. And I think, well, there are a couple of reasons for this. Unfortunately, one is is general sexism and misogyny. Um, men a lot of men feel they are entitled to have a woman if they are interested in them and they can't understand not being able to get their way. But I don't think that's always the case. Um, if you're a young, lonely man who is not necessarily the most conventionally attractive, then the idea of someone being attracted to you or being interested in you is so unlikely and rare that if you think there might be a chance of it with someone, you really latch onto it. And I'm saying, it's, I'm sure it's pretty obvious I've dealt with this a, a couple of times. Whereas with girls, it's very, as I understand it, most women are not 
without a lot of, of attention romantically. There's always someone else to fall back on, for lack of a better word. Not that they would necessarily want to date anyone, but there's a good chance that if you're a woman, there's someone who is interested in you in that way. Um, or probably multiple people. With men, and I've I've had this experience when I've I've been, you know, in love with someone, you kind of fool yourself into thinking that they might be interested in you as well. And the idea that they are not is pretty, you know, devastating. This is, of course, no excuse to make them feel bad about it or to try and guilt them into liking you back. But I do understand why it's difficult to keep up a platonic friendship with someone if you are romantically interested in them. I don't know if, if what I'm saying here is entirely accurate. This is just how it appears to me, I think. I recently found out, uh, actually as a direct result of this podcast, um, that someone was interested in me uh, romantically for the first time in my entire life. I've never experienced that. I've never heard that from someone. And it's quite a feeling. It's quite, it's quite a thing. I don't know how well exactly I handled it. Not that I uh, did anything wrong. I just, uh, I've been kind of awkward about it. Um, there may be more updates on that situation in the future. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I, I, so uh, this guy who was, who was angry at my, at my friend for, for not being interested in him, I do not condone his actions or his anger at all, but I do at least understand the feeling um, being a guy who has been in, in similar positions uh, before in my life. Uh, but, you know, guys, it's it's not fair to to put put your emotions on someone else to have them. They are not responsible for, for how you feel about them. Um, even, and I know it, it really can really suck um, to feel that this person doesn't like me, therefore no one ever will. Uh, what is the point in, in anything? Uh, but I can say from experience, it gets sort of better. We are getting dangerously close to actual feelings and emotions here, so let's round off things with some levity. Uh, this is a story from uh, someone else who messaged me on Facebook. Um, I find it very funny. I'm not sure <laughs> it was entirely a happy experience for them at the time, uh, but they've shared it with me. Uh, again, it's quite a long story, so I'm going to be uh, going through it and commenting on it as we go. Uh, so this person says, Matched with a guy on Tinder. Instant connection. We spent the next 24 hours messaging constantly. I was laughing aloud in public at his messages, and as for me, I was in top form in terms of wit, so to say the least, things were going very well. I started pressing to meet in person, because I didn't want to get too excited over somebody before meeting, because what if we saw each other and the whole thing just sagged? That would be so fucking sad. I'm assuming they had, they had um, seen pictures of each other, at least. They weren't going in completely blind. 
so I was suggesting places and times to meet, and he kept pushing me off, and I was starting to get suspicious when he out and tells me that he can't because he has fucking cancer, and a month previous doctors had cut a gigantic tumour out of his spine, so was basically bedridden. Uh, by the way, the cancer is not the part I talked about finding funny. I spent about a day going back and forth with myself over whether or not I was willing to give up the golden years of my youth to be by the side of the dying man that I loved. I decided yes. So I messaged him and said I could meet him at his house and we could just hang out in his room and I'd make him some tea and read him bedtime stories. Oh. I was so fucking nervous and scared, and then he opened the door, and the fire was there, man, just like it was in the messages, like I was fully ready to have his cancer babies. Uh, the, these are the words of uh, my friend, not me. It hasn't even been a minute, like I've just stepped inside and I've barely taken my shoes off, and this man looks me in the eyes and t says he has to tell me something. And I'm just floored, like, what the fuck else could there be to say? What could there possibly fucking be? I mean, he has cancer, for fuck's sake. That's the atom bomb. There can be nothing bigger than that. And this motherfucker, this fucking motherfucker, tells me that he has a girlfriend. He has a fucking girlfriend. He has a fucking ducking fucking girlfriend. I have never been more crushed. I still sucked his crippled dick. Does having cancer make you crippled? I don't know about that. I mean, his dick was fine, but he was crippled. So it was pee bad. I mean, sad. For me. For everybody. Sounds like it wasn't too sad for one person. Anyway, yeah, so I disrespected myself. Pee, 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 pee bad. I assume that means multiple pretties. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Haven't been on an app since. And I'd like to think I'd do things differently now, like not suck the dick of a crippled cancer man who doesn't want me to be his GF because he already has one. But I guess we'll never know. Never say never, you might meet another person on cancer who offers to, uh, who offers to have you suck his dick. What a nice, generous offer that is. I'd like to offer you the chance to suck on this D. Unless I do the exact same thing again, in which case we'll know my self-respect is precisely as lacking now as it was then. Anyway, this has been my story. Do please enjoy. Uh, thank you very much to this person. I did enjoy that story, uh, despite the uh, questionable um, way of describing someone with cancer. Um, so the moral of the story is... Um, life is terrible for everyone involved and we'd probably all be better off uh, if we were dead thank you very much for listening to this pretty intense episode of this emotion you call love um thank you for all your responses i had more than uh, more than ever this week i think um i will be posting the question again on facebook and twitter my twitter is at Nick underscore Kavari. Uh, if you don't know, Kavari is spelled K-O-V-A-R-I. Um, I will do another episode next week. Uh, I finally settled on Thursday as my release date. Uh, so keep subscribed on Anchor, iTunes. Um, it's on a website called Pocket Casts. It's on Google Podcasts now. I suddenly got all these notifications uh, saying that the it's available on different platforms. I assume it's gone through a, a very, very extensive uh, quality assurance uh, process. 
And uh, now the listeners are going to start flooding in. <laughs> uh, uh, bye for now. <laughs>